0: Welcome to another episode of Agile Coaches Corner where we interview Agile Coaches and Agile leaders in the world of custom software. Today's guest is Becky Hartman, an Agile coach here at Agile Thought. Thanks for joining us today, Becky. Thanks for having me. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about your history with Agile. Where did it all begin?
1: So, I actually first heard about Agile when I was formalizing my project management career. I'd been laid off, I'd been a project manager for several years in technology, and I'd been laid off and I decided I was finally going to get my PMP. So I joined the local Suncoast PMI chapter and went to um, see one of the dinner talks and Ryan was there giving a talk, it was the first talk I'd ever heard about Scrum. Uh, and I was really interested in it, and I was just about done, like getting ready to t- finally take the PMP exam. Um, so I was really interested in looking for a job, and I thought, wow, the Scrum thing sounds really cool. And I actually tried to convince him to bring me in here as an intern. Really, I did. I emailed. And then I emailed again, and like three emails, he finally responded and said he'd check. And like we don't really do that here. I think I even followed up with a phone call one time. Like I was really persistent, but you guys didn't do you know interns here at that point. Um, and I reminded Ryan of that, and he totally forgot. Like he doesn't remember at all. But I, I think that's funny. So wow, tw- that was 2010. 2010. So um, I got my PMP and just continued kind of along the professional PMI career path. Um, and I was aware of Agile and Scrum, but I was doing my thing and it was a hard test, so I thought I you know, might as well apply the certification. <laughs> and um, then uh, one of the PMI folks who was really getting heavily into Agile in the United States, um, a well-known project management professional named John Stenbeck was coming locally to talk about Agile. And I had a close friend who was also part of the chapter. Uh, and at that point, I think I might have even been president of the local Suncoast chapter. And he was giving two days of classes. And she said, you really need to come. And I said, you know, no, I think I'm doing good. And you know, the, the waterfall traditional track kind of thing. Really? And she said, just, just come and see. And I said, you know, I know about Scrum. And she said, it's not really what you think. She kind of tells the story, her name is Pam, and she's a local professional, and she tells the story that I dr- she dragged me kicking and screaming, <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of funny because I'm completely and totally obsessed with Agile now, but yeah, so like I owe her a, a big debt of gratitude, right, for bringing me into it, but that's really when I first got in to Scrum and Agile and the education of it. So I only got my CSM, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago now.
0: What does that stand for? Uh, I'm sorry, Certified Scrum,
1: certified scrum Master. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so it's uh, the Scrum Alliance's certification, um, Certified Scrum Master, and it's entry-level. It's mm-hmm. probably the most entry-level certification you can have out there, and it's a couple days of class, um, and then you, you take a test, but the application of it is a whole different ballgame mm. after, you, after you get certified. So I just started utilizing it. Um, I had really great uh, boss when I worked at another local company who really wanted to apply Kanban and Scrum principles to our IT operations team. And I was a project manager for her. So we started applying principles there and she and I um, got our certifications together and it just kind of snowballed from there. And I was the Scrum master and we were working on an offshore project that was brought onshore and was really um, not a great project but it was nine months of really intense learning
0: well there you go yeah oh yeah and we
1: had so many um, contractors in there we had um, devs we had QA we had BA I mean a whole bunch of just a really we were a really great team man it was tons of learning tons oh, that's of learning fantastic. so that's kind of you know I'd had many things in between there but that was the really deep kind of, now I'm really in the deep end of the pool, and the world snowballed from there. You know, Agile, Agile Alliance conferences, um, you know, Scrum learnings, user groups, reading, coaches, Twitter, like everything that's available, I, I now have a huge library of books and things and people and different ways that I just continue to immerse.
0: That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. I I really, um, I feel very fortunate in terms of all of the stuff that I've had a chance to do and learn. Yeah.
0: Now I know you said the application of it was a different ball game altogether.
1: Yeah. So, um, and I think it's largely that way, right? Anytime you do training rarely is what you learn in training, like the rote application of it. It's it's always a little bit different because you're you're learning, you know, it's very academic, the learning of it. The application of it requires finesse and, you know, nuances and the willingness to experiment. Mm -hmm. And so when you go through certified scrum training, you're learning about all of the rules and the principles and the roles uh, that apply, you know, the manifesto and, the theory behind it and how did, you know, how did the manifesto come to be, but now you're the certified scrum master and you have to go in and lead all of these ceremonies and facilitate for this team and become a servant leader and you, it's a completely different ball game you know tell somebody well people are going to conduct a stand-up and for 15 minutes they're gonna but there are all kinds of nuances to people doing that Mm -hmm. are they reporting to you or are they sharing with each other if people all report to you and stare at you how do you divert their attention back to each other I mean all of these like it's incredible the amount of things that go into just trying to get your team to pay attention to each other and not report to you
0: my goodness how do you how
1: do you do that so um in a daily standup, you really want to remind them of the reason that they're there. And they're not giving a status report; they're sharing with each other so that they can gain clarity on where the work stands. Because right. you, as a team, have committed to that volume of work, and you want to know how people are coming along. And is the te- you know is it what we thought it is? Is it more complex? Do I need some help? Am I ready to? You know, if I'm the dev, am I ready to, you know, hand it over to the QA, and then does the QA need help? Mm-hmm. So you need to have that kind of communication, like yesterday, today, and do I have any impediments? But if they're all, like, looking at you as the scrum master and reporting to you, simply looking away from them and looking at somebody else diverts their look to that person. Okay. Remember, the just subtleties of that, right? And, you know, there's always the overt reminding them. Like, I don't even, I don't even, as a scoremaster, I don't even need to be here. I just need to make sure that you guys are getting together and sharing information. Mm -hmm. But there are other ways. Or stepping away. If they're facing the board and you're behind them, they can't stare at you, right? Right. So little subtleties like that kind of help you get away from the center of attention, right? As project manager... You're pretty much the center of attention and you're, you know, I'm going to pull from you and then you and then you and we're not all necessarily going to talk together and I'm going to leapfrog space to face to room to room and then when we get in a room for a status update. I'm just going to regurgitate everything you've told me only now I've written it up in a report you won't read and I will now communicate everything you didn't read that you already told me back to you or somebody else. <laughs> Who is then going to have questions I can't answer? And oh, by the way, I'm responsible for making all of you be on time and do what you said and et cetera, et cetera. And it's, that's not the focus of the Scrum Master. Right. I, I'm I'm here to help you get through and remind you of the process and of the rules and of the the things that you've agreed to as a team you see as a best process mm-hmm. and to help you make that and to help you remove impediments, and that's not what a project manager does.
0: Right, right. So, a Scrum Master, they they shouldn't be confused with um, like a manager, though. Oh no, no,
1: Scrum Masters don't hold any real authority. See my air quotes, right? They don't. The team isn't responsible to them. The team is responsible to each other. Mm-hmm. The Scrum Master is really they own the process. I'm going to remind you guys. Remember, this is this is why we do this. This is how we do this. And I'm going to remind you of what you committed to. Right what you agreed to as a team you would do and until we get to a retrospective and inspect and adapt point we should keep doing this until we find reason to really do that and certainly we're not going to change that mid-sprint right we just let's just keep going unless something really big is blowing up but yeah it's not a position of authority it should be a position of leadership and by example and by facilitation and by support Um, You know, it's like a leader without a title, but not because of authority, but, you know, um, wanted and but not needed. How's that? Mm -hmm. Right? The team should get to a point where they don't really need you, but they really do want you. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, from what I understand, most Agile coaches, they were originally a scrum master for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Now, why is it that they usually transition in that
1: way? Well, you know, I have to say it's really funny, we're talking about this at my client right now, and I've talked about it with several of my peers, because some people are not great scrum masters, but man, are they good coaches, Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Some people are incredible scrum masters, and you see all of these qualities in them, but they wouldn't want to not be in just a team, right? They wouldn't want to be that coach, they want to be in it with the team, so... As much as there's similarity to it, I think it's like a 50-50 similarity to difference. Um, and I've I've learned ever more that one is not necessarily a natural progression to the other. I think the person has to have affinity for it. Um, and I can see, I think I was probably, and even more now that I see some of the Scrum Masters I'm working with right now at the client I'm at, that I was, I think I was probably an okay scrum master yeah um, but I, I would hope that I'll evolve into a you know better coach than that I'm I, mean, I really tried really hard um, but I see some of the nuances of scrum mastering and I watch some of the creative things that some of these folks do and I'm kind of blown away you know really hmm. yeah it's nice to see it's it's always great to see somebody who just is has the natural affinity for their craft yeah that's yeah it's really nice so i don't think one's necessarily like i said the natural progression to the other um, but if you've scrum mastered for a while and you want to see what it's like to take what you've learned and help people apply it i think then it is you know a natural progression for you but there are scrum masters who will always stay scrum masters yeah yeah for sure How
0: important do you think it is for the Scrum Master to have a background in technology?
1: So and this is as as wide a spectrum I think in our industry as as anything else you'll hear you know it it ranges all over some there will be some folks who will absolutely say in order to be a good Scrum Master you would have had to be a developer Mm -hmm. if you're applying agile in the development space right and then you know, my first real long-term coach, Derek, said, you don't need domain knowledge. That's not your job. Your job is not to know, and as a matter of fact, if you did know, it would probably interfere with you doing your job. Yeah. They're the talent, they're the experts, they're the creative body, they're the ones that need to say the how. You need to stay focused on the process. So if you don't know, it's probably easier for you not to get caught up in it. Mm. I come from a technology background. But not in development and I came from the infrastructure side so help desk support systems administrator network engineer so I have an awareness of it and I think that that helps me relate right because then there's something to be said about can your team relate to you Mm -hmm. if if you don't have some knowledge of technology so I think I have just enough and I like to learn more so I ask questions um but I don't think it's essential I think the right aptitude and attitude is what's essential, really, to be a good scrum master.
0: Right. Yeah. I always wondered that, and if you would get the respect of the developers if you know you didn't entirely understand it, what it is that you're doing.
1: Yeah, and and again, I think you know there are always jokes in the industries about what engineers are like or what developers are like, and I think that it really also depends on the aptitude and attitude of your developers right if you're in a hardcore waterfall shop or you're in a hardcore development shop where they don't want they don't want any of this going on i think they're going to give you a harder time about it um but like i notice you know the guy is here right no nobody acts that way in our environment right hans and all of those guys they're really open will you Mm -hmm. could ask them anything and it really could be literally the stupidest question on the face of the earth and they'd never treat you like it was right and our leadership john wagner and ryan and all those guys they'd never treat you that way um and i think that you know that speaks to the quality of openness that we look for Mm -hmm. and certainly not everybody's that way you'd hope that if someone witnesses that you're there to help them they would embrace that to some extent right It just depends and you know what sometimes those folks are the best challenge is how do you how do you find a common ground to become ingratiated with them and to get them to trust you because that's what that is right it's a lack of trust right right so i mean everybody's worthy of it but some people it just takes a little longer yeah (laughs) definitely
0: and now is trust essential to be a scrum
1: master absolutely absolutely if you don't have trust there are a whole bunch of things Um, Your team is not Going to and I don't want to say do for you because they're not doing for you But when you're beginning the process when you're guiding them through when you're being more prescriptive until they learn how this whole You know the mechanics of the thing goes um, If they don't feel safe, they're not going to start confessing. I don't know things I have questions about things. I need help removing an impediment um, certainly, they're not going to want to speak of in a retrospective. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean trust is absolutely essential in a team and going through all of the storming all the way through to, you know, that the team is able to succeed and accelerate and but that storming, norming thing, that that is a whole bunch of trust and you have, you know, all of those channels of communication. You draw all the lines from everybody in a star and a hub and all of that and, you know, but trust is essential. The team has to be able to trust you because you have their best interest at heart and you're essentially there to be a buffer between them and the rest of the org and facilitate what they need. Right. So if you can't get to trust, you're, you're not going to get very far. And if your team doesn't have trust, they're not going to work cohesively as a team. And subsequently it's like concentric circles right out to the org. If the team doesn't trust the product owner, there's an issue. If the product owner can't trust their stakeholders or the org to do what they said or to give them what they need, well, that's going to break down. It takes a long time to kind of come to that homeostatic place. Right. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. It's very nuanced.
0: So what would you say from both a scrum master and an agile coach, the top characteristics that each position should possess to be good at their job?
1: Hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, I I think the first thing is that you have to have, I think you need to be well-studied. I think you need to be the the constant student. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I I joke about it a lot because it comes from Harry Potter, but you know the the statement constant vigilance, right, (laughs) Um, that I think Mad-Eye Moody uses, Um, but it is, right, constant vigilance about what's going on in your community what are you learning what do you know and do you go back to the basics like a constant basis do you reread the manifesto do you reread the principles how do these apply where is the so i think you have to be willing to consistently learn um and look at at different levels and examine your behavior and your motivations as well as kind of everybody else's Mm -hmm. um i think empathy is a wonderful thing yep Uh, and i don't think you get very far without it Mm you know, one of the, I think, I think the three pillars of Scrum, you know, um, transparency, inspection, adaptation, so I talked about some of those, being transparent um, is really incredibly important. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not sure what's next, let's experiment. Um, uh, You know, what do you think about that? I don't have all the answers. What do you, like, a willingness to have those kind of skills and kind of lay it out there. Right. and definitely I think if you're gonna do that you have to have some level of confidence.
0: Oh absolutely. Yeah
1: so um, I think those are all incredibly important I think scrum masters it's interesting so I view I don't view a scrum master as like hierarchically you go from scrum master to coach I view them as as equal levels I guess if that's how somebody wants to look at it and I don't think that one is necessarily less experienced than the other like I said sometimes you have a great scrum master and they're not such a good coach despite years of experience or vice versa. You have people who aren't great scrum masters but become really good coaches and not necessarily with experience. It's just their personality and how they interact. Um, But I do think that scrum masters absolutely have to be tacticians. Mm -hmm. You know, you you look at an issue and with a certain level of experience, you see it through this light. And then you look deeper and you see this and now you're gonna see this detail. So when you're talking about delivery, well, you just wanna know, can the team do a relative estimation, commit to a certain level of work, and take the work in and get it to done in that time frame? And then once you start looking, if they're speeding up or not speeding up, you know, you're looking at the details of that. Well, what's affecting the work? Mm-hmm. Is it their estimation or something interfering, or are they doing work that's outside of the sprint that's preventing them? And so then you just start looking more deeply at the nuances of different things because I think you never know exactly what's going to affect it until you investigate it. As a coach, I kind of feel like watching the teams from the outside a little bit gives you sometimes I think it's an easier perspective because you can be more of an observer where well, the Scrum Master is always in the thick of it, right? Always analyzing, always right on top of it. So I do think mm-hmm. that, you know, there are different potentials, but the foundation they have to be the same for all, I think. A desire to um, to work together. I mean, that's the magic sauce, right? Is a willingness to be with other people and consistently help them achieve
0: what right. they're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It seems like at least the people I've encountered, the Agile coaches, they are most certainly people, persons. They're they're outgoing, they're well-spoken, you can tell that most of them would probably be fantastic at public speaking. Right. They're very charismatic.
1: Yep, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree And, and certainly there are more introverted people and they have their strengths but ultimately if you're gonna be a coach or a scrum master you have to be able to, and I don't I don't mean command in terms of command and control, but you have to be able to command a certain level of attention and respect and that when you say something it means something. Mm-hmm. And so I think out of that has to come some kind of charisma, you know, maybe it's not like gleaming teeth Hollywood style, but yeah. you know, something that encourages that kind of participation from people. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, wow, we've been chatting for a little while. Yeah, that we're good at this now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What's your favorite part of
1: your job? Favorite part of my job? Mm-hmm. Um, I really think the richness of interaction. I mean, I get really immersed and easily kind of lost from day-to-day tasks when you're working with a team. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I've thought about this a little bit and it, it's, it's hard to say it's just this one thing, right? It, it's all around the teaming, the collaboration, being a team player, helping people feel a sense of um, comfort in change, um, achievements in moving kind of out of their comfort zone incrementally, right? So you're talking to someone, you need them to have courage about approaching something and you're going to give them some insight into just do this one thing, try this, experiment. Um, and it, I really think it's like, it's that kind of watching those light bulbs go off for people, like right. seeing them, e- even if it's not like, ah, I got it, but just like, yeah, yeah, we got that. We, we understand that. Oh, now this user story makes sense or yeah that estimation feels good you know just Mm -hmm. helping get them in a place that those things can happen not not because you told them it should or you said one plus one is two but because you've created the right environment and they're gonna do it themselves right yeah absolutely that's my favorite part
0: that's fantastic (laughs) Thanks. so for someone who is looking to become an agile coach Mm -hmm. what do you recommend to them
1: um you better have a fire about learning Um, really i mean read listen talk live do get involved i am um you know i think i should probably be like confessing i'm a recovering volunteer the only problem is i'm not recovering (laughs) you know i have boundary issues about volunteering because i'm really I'm all in. I mean I'm all in in my community. I'm a local volunteer, I'm a national volunteer Mm -hmm. and I've had a ton of experience in meeting people and growing relationships and um, just participating and hearing different things um, because of my volunteering. So I volunteer at the national level, I volunteer locally in our local meetups and Mm -hmm. I just like I try to look at every opportunity and try it at least once so scrum masters guild product owners uh, guilds or a group that we have our agile meetups we have agile open Florida I do I did the scrum alliance um, conference this year in Orlando I've done the agile alliance the big agile conference they call it agiles (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I've done that couple years, all as you know, volunteers in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of that, I got invited by a group of friends to go to Scotland last year to a conference and oh spent just an incredibly rich amount of time with so many brilliant people who speak on the national stage and I think it just affords you a lot to understand. And I like to know how things work. How do conferences work? How does volunteering work? How how are people interconnected, that web of people? This person knows that person, knows this person. And I get a lot of that through volunteering. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can tell I'm really shy, so it's really helped me (laughs) kind (laughs) of, you know, get out there. Um, Being gregarious doesn't hurt. But I just think that people have to want to do it. Mm -hmm. And you have to, so if you start by Googling and you start by following on Twitter and then you see another person comment to another person and then you look at what that person's about and you follow that chain. But I think you have to have a real thirst for knowledge to start. Yeah. And you kind of can't let anything stop you if that's what you want to do.
0: And it sounds like it's just continuous learning.
1: For me, it absolutely is. I mean, I definitely know people in every... Um, in every area of profession that get to a certain point and they stop Mm -hmm. and I you know there are times I try to slow down right it's too much or I'm taking on too much by the time this year is over I will have been a volunteer coordinator for one conference traveled to two major conferences volunteered for another one that's the on Agile with Agile Alliance locally. Oh you know, do lean copies, do all so there's a certain point where you go like, oh my God, I'm a little overwhelmed. Let's stop the, the tipping point kind mm-hmm. of thing. But yeah. never seems to happen for me. I mean I really like being actively engaged in that. So yeah, it's constant. And there are things I see every day. I work with other coaches. I hear concepts. People talk about something they read and I think shouldn't I know everything? Because I'm supposed to be, you know, the expert. So then I have to go read about that, you know? So I think it it never ends and it Mm -hmm. helps to, um, you know, Agile Thought's a very safe place. I think I could probably call anybody and say, I'm in search of this and if they can't help me find it or tell me what they know about it, they'll point me in another direction to find it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's, that's a really good place to be in so that you continue to kind of fill out your knowledge base. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. And it makes a lot of sense that you continue your your education consistently. It goes with the industry because the technology industry is always changing. You have to be innovative.
1: Well, not only that, but in Agile, I mean in the agile community, is it not all about inspect and adapt? And so you start with, let's say you start with the mechanics of Scrum, right? Kind of the idea, and a lot of companies have this idea of build it and they will come, right? Here is a lightweight but prescriptive framework we're gonna put in place and it's all gonna work. But that's rare, right? It doesn't just all work, it all worked in one place when they first did it, because that's what every single one of them wanted, right? But we, you know, we help Scrum come along, we install it, we try to get people to see, and some people really love it the way it is and it works just like that. Mm-hmm. And you should, I think you should try it the way it's intended for a period of time. Let's see, let's start with the base, let's see, inspect and adapt, let's see what the evidence tells us, right? We're looking for empirical data. Let's see what it tells us. And then we'll shift where we have to from there, mm-hmm. right? Um, but at a certain point it's not scrum anymore and it's something else and that may be okay in your org but I I mean if if people talk about you're not doing agile right well there are certain ways you cannot do agile right right veer off the course of the manifesto you know blatantly disregard the principles Mm -hmm. you know be command and control and pretend it's agile okay yep you're not doing agile but there's a whole bunch of ways To do or be, however you want to say it, agile and to tell people they can't change, that's not agile, right? So you have to adapt and you have to learn and you have to consider because we have new ways coming out all the time, right? Mm -hmm. You know, first it was only, you know, pair programming or a look at pair programming and that's the right way to do this. And then it was testing is this way. And then it was testing, look at TDD, right? Test driven development. Well, now there's BDD, behavior driven development, which in some areas, may not be what they need. TDD works fine, but in other areas, it's a real improvement to TDD because it gives them more insight as a team. Hmm. And therefore, it'll test better and you can automate better if you follow it all the way through, right? Right. So, always adaptations, always hmm. different applications to different business models. And how, I mean, I think you have to be a scientist. You have to be willing to look at it that way. And if you're not constantly learning and observing, Outside of our culture, you know, um, anthropological looks at, at ways, psychological looks at ways. People experience change as loss, and therefore, let me turn and apply it here. I am telling these people to change the fundamental way they work. Why would they not experience that as difficult as loss? Some people go through change easily, and some are stalwarts and they're not going to change. You need to understand to some extent that the underlying issue there is fear.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you have to make it safe for them, right? That's not an Agile fundamental. I mean, these are life truths that you have to apply. Agile is just, I think, (laughs) what some people consider, you know, a hippie way of doing it, right? It's a much more open way of applying that.
0: Yeah. I think Shannon, I talked to Shannon, she said the same thing too. It's like, people just think of it like a hippie way to do it. I I would never think of it like that.
1: That's too funny. I think because, and it's really when you get into the soft skills of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because in Agile, you have this really wide spectrum, like the political spectrum. You know you have some people who are all about the mechanics um xp is very prescriptive and people are not necessarily they're communicating and they're collaborating but it's not this soft skill stuff right and you have people way over on the other end who are all about it's all about the people don't give them rules just let them be creative let the innovation come out and i think i probably land somewhere in the middle of that because to me it's situational Mm -hmm. where are you what's the org like what are the people like and what's the right mix of those things and, oh, by the way, you have to incorporate them in that right mix, right? You're not the doctor prescribing for them. You're the coach helping them get to the right answer for them. So I think you have to look at all of those things. But I think in you know business and hardcore, like we talked about, corporate America, yeah. when you look at that, this agile thing looks a little soft. If we're going to meet, we're going to talk, we need to retrospect, we need to care about how people feel and make them say, oh, this is work, we're just going to work. So I think some people probably look at it as the hippie way. That's Uh, too funny. (laughs) But look at, I mean, look at us as a company. It's serious business. Yeah. And it seriously works when you're engaged in it and you say, this is the way we operate. Um, It works. So possible to be successful even if people think it's long hair hippie stuff. <laughs> That's <laughs> too funny.
0: <laughs> i rather be where the hippies are. Me too. Just saying. Me too. <laughs> That's the case. <laughs> okay, we're running up on time, so let's do our last question, which is our fun question. What is your favorite mobile app you cannot live without?
1: Well, I can't live without my mobile phone first of all. Oh in general. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah no, totally addicted. <laughs> like it's out in the other room so it can't bug us, but I'm Jones in for it. Um, my number one app I have to say is Slack. Slack. Yeah, oh, I love it. I'm only maybe only have three or four teams on there. Um, but the channels within it and the collaboration. Um, our Agile Florida Slack group is so active uh-huh, and yes. they're so mu- they're, it's so rich with information. And then I think um, behind that is probably Twitter. Yeah. And I know it's kind of funny because the people I love most on Twitter like are over Twitter. They're over the interface. They're complaining. but it's it's an encyclopedia like a very rich encyclopedia of information at any time a new article a new thought a new complaint a new praise you know something out there um, to see in here in short little snippets by design of what's going on Um, Mm -hmm. so I can go there anytime I want or you know contribute to the conversation more on Slack but I think those are my two favorite right now yeah yeah I don't I don't use productivity Um, tools. Um, I'm a GTD girl now. Thanks, Steve Grenice, for that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I use a paper notebook. I mean, I keep my calendar appropriately as my calendar for appointments, but I use a paper notebook. So productivity comes differently. i just staying informed and connected, and I do that through Slack and Twitter, I think.
0: Nice. I've, I've heard Slack. This is the second time I've heard it, so I want to look into it.
1: Oh, Slack is awesome! You should you should join the Agile Florida Slack group. Mm-hmm. Um, there are tons of channels. You don't have to participate in in really any more than one, right? You intro yourself, and you could look at like the Agile chat. But I think there's like 16 channels in there, and you know our Agile our Tampa Bay Agile group is I think 1,500 people now. and if you think not all of them are on slack but throughout the state and some invited folks who are elsewhere in the United States or who travel back and forth um, participate we have a really rich group in slack with all kinds of from newbies to people who have been doing this I don't know 20 plus years wow yeah there's a real richness in it so that's fantastic yeah, those are my favorite and you can lurk we have a bunch of people who never say a word they just lurk around and uh-huh. gain information and then you have some of us who can't be quiet <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's usually how it is in any social network absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely oh that's fun I, i'm not going to download it after this yeah you have you <laughs> should
1: absolutely i'll uh, i'll send you the link uh-huh. for, for it so you can get yourself request it in and they'll accept you in and then you can do it from your desktop or your mobile device. That's perfect. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Well, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts or if you're interested in finding out how Agile Thought can help your next IT projects, visit AgileThought.com.